0: Amen. Thanks, John. Good morning, church. Good morning. Fantastic. You know, the last time that I was uh, in Cornwall was 21 years ago, and it was uh, our honeymoon, Jen and I, and uh, stayed at this place. Uh, are you ready for this? Five-star place called The Donkey Barn. And it literally was a donkey barn. And my wife has never forgiven me for that. But we're still married after 21 years. Hallelujah. (laughs) Fantastic. We're just going to look at something this morning very briefly. Something called discerning deception. Can we say that together, church? Discerning deception. Fantastic. should be up there. You're in good voice as well this morning. Wonderful. By the way, I'm still looking for the sun in sunny Cornwall as well. I think it's just coming out now. There we go. We're looking at Joshua chapter 9, if you have a Bible. But there are going to be stuff uh, on the PowerPoint of scriptures in Joshua chapter nine. Whether you've ever actually been uh, deceived. We actually call it scammed today. Being scammed, don't we? I don't know whether any of you guys kind of go on eBay And uh, I went on eBay the other week, and I was looking for a Dyson uh, vacuum cleaner. And uh, being a scouser, I love a bargain. And there was one that was a £100 cheaper than in any of the stores, okay? So I kind of ordered it, and I waited for my Dyson vacuum cleaner, and I waited, and and I waited, and I waited... I think you've been scammed before as well, like me. And the vacuum cleaner did not come. And I read the reviews about this company. And somebody said, do whatever you do. Don't buy a Dyson cleaner from from this company. Because it's a scam. (laughs) Somehow, though, I was able to get my money back uh, from PayPal. But, you know, how did I feel about being kind of deceived or, you know, being scammed? You know, I really felt, initially felt annoyed but then I felt a little bit of a wally too, <laughs> because I think, how could I be so daft to take in the, you know, £100 cheaper on the internet? Nah, not really. The other thing I heard the other day was that, um, anyone got one of these £5 notes, the new ones, the new £5 notes? And I read the other day actually on the news was this, that uh, there was fake £5 notes in Wadebridge in Cornwall. How about that? I got, then I got to be thinking, how on earth would you know actually with the new five pound note whether it's fake or not? I haven't got a clue, perhaps you could tell me after, because there used to be a margin, a line, didn't there, in the old five pound note, but I've no idea whether it's fake or real. Deception. See, most of us, I think, know what it's like to be deceived in some way, whether it's a big thing or a small thing. But you know friends, that is nothing new. 3,000 years ago, we're going to go back in time when we see the nation of Israel were actually the word deceived or the word was scammed. Here's a quick background. Here's God's people and, and they're finally entering the promised land. I believe it's called Cornwall, isn't it? <laughs> And um, so, so they get to this promised land, Cornwall, and uh, they take the walls down. The place called Jericho, which you know is not in Cornwall, and then they destroy a place called Ai. So they're kind of on a high that we can do this. We are mighty. But then there's this thing called the Gibeon Deception, which we are going to look at briefly this morning. And today we're just going to look at three things, friends. The conflict, the cause, and the consequences of deception. First one is this, the conflict of uh, deception. If you just put those, uh, the slide, slide please, on the next one. Thank you. We're just going to read this. Joshua chapter 9. Verses 3 to 6. However, when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to a ruse, which means trickery. That's interesting. They went as a delegation whose donkeys were loaded with worn-out sacks and an old wineskins, cracked and mended. And so the men put worn and patched sandals on their feet and wore old clothes. And all all the bread of their food supply was dry, dry. And it was moldy. And then they went to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal and said to him, and then the men of Israel, we have come from a distant country. Make a treaty with us. How many know that uh, looks can be deceiving, can't they? There's a conflict happening around Israel and they are not aware of it. And here in the background, there's a group of kings who were secretly uniting themselves together to wage war against Joshua and the men of God. We're calling them, the, they are the Gibeonites. And they said this, let's do warfare in a different way, in a different method. Let's do it by deception, by deception. And now they're thinking, "How how do we do this thing? Let's disguise ourselves, not as the enemy, but as their friends. And they're all going, yeah, that is a great idea, the Gibeonites. And then in verse 4, it says this word that they resorted to a ruse, which we would know as this word trickery. I wonder, friend, how many know that we are actually, as if you are a Christian here this morning, that you are in a battle and I am in a battle. You know, kind of, amen, see that hand? <laughs> Preparing, coming up to Cornwall this week. You know, I've had a bit of a lousy week. Anyone ever have a, a bit of a lousy bad her day or a bad week? A few of us, amen. Just just different things of situations at home and church life as a pastor just challenges the battle. God, remind me, you're in a battle, mate. That's why life is not always rosy. And you know in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 to 13 it says this I think For our struggle friends is not against what? Flesh and blood or against humans if you like but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. do not stop there though Paul thank goodness he says Therefore brothers and sisters put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. In the message it says this, this is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget in a couple of hours. I wish it was friends, just an athletic contest, but it's for life isn't it, while we're on this earth, the battle. And what we need to understand friends is this, that the enemy is out there. He's out there to trick us, sometimes to deceive us, and sometimes to do these scams over our lives. And you know, most of us, we don't actually set off to be deceived, do we? But there is a conflict going on in our lives of this whole thing of deception. You know, I'm thinking of a Good friend of mine and a colleague before I came into ministry, I was working in a training company and uh, a friend called Richard, he's a Christian and uh, he was happily married, had two wonderful kids, connected to a local church, all involved in that local church and growing as Christians and then it happened, he's in the office and there's a girl that he likes, he's married, she's single and the inevitable happens and they get together and they have a secret affair. But there's no such thing as secret, is there? It, com- it comes out what has happened. His wife finds out. She leaves him. He struggles in his job. He finally leaves the job. And one of the final words that I had uh, with Richard were these words that will I'll always remember was this, that I never meant this to happen. I never meant this to happen. That happened over 15 years ago. And it still rings in my ear. Of how Richard was deceived. But we can all be there. Sometimes there are some some people aren't they. Who who are married. And are tempted to have the affair. But don't be deceived. We think that the grass may be greener. On the other side. But you know what? Is this. Is that it still needs Mowing doesn't it? The grass still needs mowing on the other side. And you know, friend, this morning I sense that there may be someone struggling, maybe not with an affair of anything like that, but you're struggling with a particular sin or a temptation in your life. The devil's got hold of something in your life that is a weakness and you're struggling right now, friend. But here is the great and wonderful news is that the Holy Spirit, Jesus can set you free. Amen. We've been singing songs today, haven't we? All about freedom and God's grace. That you don't have to believe the lie and the deceptions of the enemy. Isn't that great and wonderful news to us right now as Christians? Number one, the conflict of deception. Number two, is the cause of deception. As we begin to read verse 14 and 15... It says this, the men of Israel, they sampled their provisions, but did not inquire of the Lord. We're going to go through this bit in a minute. Then Joshua made a treaty of peace with them to let them live. And the leaders of the assembly or the church ratified, which means had a formal consent to the oath or to the covenant or to the agreement. The key verse in this chapter is verse 14. They did not inquire of the Lord. And you notice that, that with deception, it happens not just all at once, but it happens in, in stages, if you like. It's not immediate. And here's deception one. Are you listening with this, church? It's firstly, they sampled the goods. They sampled the goods. In other words, they were they were hooked in. You know, I don't know anything about fishing. Any, anyone that fish, any, any fishermen here? Fantastic. Or fisherwomen, sorry as well. Fisher lady, fisher, fisher ladies. Whatever. <laughs> but, uh, you know that to get a fish, you've got to hook them in, haven't you, with some sort of bait. And so here's the thing. You see, if I'm a good boy, I get to go shopping with my wife to Morrison's. Okay, <laughs> only if I'm good. And there's the reason it's only because I'm, if I'm good, because normally when I go to Morrison's, or any supermarket these days, there's somebody with a kind of tray, okay, and there's stuff on this tray, <laughs> and they, sho- they shove it right in front of my face, and I've not had my tea yet, it's almost they know. And they say, would you like to try this new delicacy, chicken's feet? I think, oh, wow, Chinese love chicken's feet. No, I won't. I'll oh, go on then. Oh, that is lovely. But I'm only here to, to do the shopping. And then you, I have a taste of that, and then go to another, another uh, aisle, and there's another person with something else to tempt me, isn't it? To kind of hook me in so that I'll buy the stuff that they're trying to sell that's on offer. But I wonder how many times does the enemy ask us to sample something. Ask us, might just just try something out. Nobody will know it's okay. And then he hooks us in, doesn't he? You know, watching that program. I'm only going to watch it for five minutes. But I end up watching it when I shouldn't be watching it. I'm on that website. You know, I'm only just going to be a couple of minutes, but I'm hooked in before I know it. I was speaking to a guy on the plane coming from Preston to Newquay yesterday, owns businesses, said that there's a guy that, he, uh, that works with him, just a young guy. And uh, he just went on one of these gambling websites. And before he knew, he was hooked in. And you know what? He ended up owing. are you listening to this? 45,000 pound. That is incredible, isn't it? That guy would have said, you know, I didn't mean to be going debt for 45,000. It was just a, a quick thing of five minutes on the internet. So many different things, friends, that we have to be aware of, isn't it? Deception. Here's the second deception. This bit, this part where it says that they did not inquire Of the Lord in verse 14. You know, God doesn't expect us to pray about every single decision, does he? I wonder what supermarket I should go this morning, God. Which coffee shop should I go to? But you know, in major decisions, we need to do this, don't we? Whether it's on an individual basis as Christians or whether corporately as church. You know, this is a fantastic building, isn't it? You are so blessed. I've, I feel a bit envious, actually, John. <laughs> we're, we're in a school, been there 30 years, looking for a new building. Uh, God's closed doors on certain things, just not to be. Being you know, as a leadership team, we really need to inquire of the Lord. Is this right, God, isn't it? Just as you guys have done that, not kind of just said, oh, this seems right. Let's just do it, shall we? It's really exciting. No, you inquired of the Lord, didn't you? We want to make sure that God is in this and it's quite clear that He is, isn't He? Amen. Amen. Oh, just a few, yeah. Excited. <laughs> Amen. Amen, brother. Israel. Victory. Victory. At Jericho. At AI. And pride comes in. We can be a bit like that, can't we? Things can be going well. we think, you know what? I can, I can sort my life out on my own. I can do this my way. But actually, we should do it your way. Amen? That's think about that one, didn't you? (laughs) You know, John will know this. Sometimes the role of a pastor, you find that you're helping people through Decisions that they have made may be wrong choices or bad choices you 've got to try and help them through those things but I wonder if there is some way that we can help prevent this in our lives to, to so that we don't make we make, so that we make healthy choices as christians here 's a few things on the screen as a guide how can we help uh, prevent being deceived or scammed in our lives well first one uh, if you want to just put just go back please just go back to the next one thank you three things the first one is this by reading but not just reading but living out the word of God you say well I know that Mike I've been a Christian for 30 years tell me something new But you know, here's the deception though, whether you've been a Christian for three months, three years or 30 years, is that I don't need the Bible. I don't need it. It's a deception, friends, isn't it? You know, if you are a young Christian here right now, the Bible, I want to encourage you to get into the Word of God. You know, sometimes we, we call it a quiet time, but I like to call it... Breakfast with God. That sounds a bit better, doesn't it? A bit more exciting. Breakfast with God. My time with you, God, alone. Before I get onto the computer and get, uh, responding to all those emails that are backed up from midnight, I want to have breakfast with God. Reading his word. Job 15.8, it says it here. Should we, should, should we read it together? Do you listen in on God's counsel? Do you limit wisdom to yourself? That's that first one. Do you listen in on God's counsel? L- listening. If we listen to what he is saying, then then it will spare us a lot of heartache, won't it? As Christians. You know, I struggle with uh, blocked up ears. And uh, the, a few months ago, it was horrendous, John. Could not hear on this side of my ear. And uh, like worship on a Sunday, couldn't hear preaching, couldn't hear a thing that I was saying. And then, and then it's like all of a sudden, went to Garrett's arranged and BING! Hallelujah! I can hear everything. Amen. Maybe you are Spiritually speaking, your ears are blocked. You can't hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you. I want to encourage you to unblock those ears so that you have ears to hear what the Spirit says Revelation encourages to do. Living out the Word of God. The other one is by committing our lives under the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit. Friends, here's another deception. It's that we can live without the Holy Spirit. You know, you know, Matt. I'm really, I'm comfortable with God and Jesus, but the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm not sure about that. I'm a bit scared about the Holy Spirit. It seems a bit weird, a bit wacky. Spirit, Holy Ghost. What is that about? And I, and I just sense that you know there is there's some sort of a, a bit of a fear of the Holy Spirit in UK Christians. Amen. There's that, there's that sense, isn't it? The fear. You go to other nations, and they're just living and flowing in the Holy Spirit. You know, a while back, I was uh, I met up with a guy named Colin, vice principal of Moreland's Bible College. You may have heard of Moreland's Bible College. And he said this to me. This is really, really quite powerful. He said, Mike, if if you're a Christian, and you just believe uh, the the word only then you will dry up. If you believe just in the Spirit only, then you will blow up. But if you believe in the Word and the Spirit, then you will grow up. Amen? Word and Spirit, we will grow up. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit, friends. It's a deception of the enemy. He's not the poor relation. He is a wonderful part of the Trinity. He's our teacher, our guide, our comforter, our healer, our discerner. All and many of those things. And the last one is this, in this context, by having wise counsellors. Wise counsellors. Another deception is this, is that I don't need advice from people. I can just live this Christian life on my own no one will tell me what to do but you know I have a couple of people around me in my life who give me wise advice if i'm not sure about something you know again that's the holy spirit in you isn't it kind of discerning not something not quite right I'm not at peace at this thing about this thing my wife is is a really good person that i share things with and she gives me uh, good advice What about also for me, uh, all the other pastors give good advice to me. And our leadership team, wise, godly people making decisions. Pastors, we're not not on our own. One man band, it's team, it's team, isn't it? I wonder whether you have people who you can go to to seek wise counsel so that we can discern the cause of deception. So that we can make sure that we inquire of the Lord. And then the third one is this. The consequences of deception. In verse 22. If we keep going, thank you. Then Joshua summoned the Gibeonites and said, why? Why did you deceive us? By saying we live a long way from you. While actually you live near us. It's quite comical, isn't it, that, that Joshua is saying to these guys, why didn't you tell us? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it was his role to discern, not them to tell him the truth in that context. Almost putting the blame on them. So they make, this, they make this treaty with the Gibeonites. And then it's endorsed with this kind of oath or agreement. But this was not part of the deal or God's plan. They were supposed to defeat and then conquer and not be mates with these guys. So Israel had compromised, in other words, with the enemy. With the enemy. And that was the consequences. That, that what Jericho couldn't do with the walls, the high and thick walls, AI couldn't do with weapons of destruction, the Gibeonites accomplished Something that the others could not do. And that was through deceit and trickery. And it's interesting how the enemy, talking about the devil now. He tries one trick, doesn't work. A different tactic, a different way. Another way perhaps to try to deceive us. Friends, again, don't judge on appearances. Just like I was scammed with the Dyson vacuum cleaner, I judged it on appearance. This seemed like a bargain on the internet. You now I sense that someone here wants to be married at some point. I want to encourage you to say this: Don't judge on appearance. Don't judge on appearance, friend. It's marriage is a lifetime. Commitment between two people who really, really love one another. And it's fantastic when two Christians come together in that context. But get to know the person. Wisdom from the Holy Spirit. Advice from good friends. And then finally, as we look at Joshua 9, 26 to 27, as we begin to wind down. So Joshua saved them from the Israelites and they did not kill them that day he made the Gibeonites woodcutters and water carriers for the community and for the altar of the Lord at the place the Lord would choose. And that is what they are to this day. So they made servants uh, to the Levites, assisting them with the work of the altar of God. These are the Gibeonites. Now in Joshua 10, but we're not going to look at it, it was because of these Gibeonite people that God worked a great miracle when the sun actually stood still. Amazing miracle. The modern day Gibeonites are called this fallacious Falashus. And they are actually part of Ethiopia. But you know, all in this context, the consequence of deception is this, that some good came out of this bad situation. Amen? Because God is gracious, isn't he? When I think of the times I've made bad choices and yet somehow God has helped me through those things and turned the bad into good in some way. Isn't that great news? So as we begin to wind down this morning, we've seen Friend, the conflict, the cause, and the consequences of deception. And so I wonder about, I wonder what about us? What about you? Have you ever been deceived in some way? Maybe it could be this, that you, you're here right now and it's the deception that you don't need God in your life. Maybe it's this soul deception of this. That material stuff, money, achievements can bring true peace and happiness. You know, I'm thinking, when I think of that, uh, a young lady called Gemma, who's been in our last Alpha group. And she showed a little bit about her testimony. Was that she tried drugs. She dabbled with the occult. She was career driven. And she said, Mike, I've tried all these things and lots, lots more beside. And you know what? None of them brought me peace. But then I met Jesus. I had an encounter, a real encounter with Jesus Christ. And now I have true and everlasting peace and contentment. Isn't that wonderful? This morning, Jesus can set you free. Amen? He can set you free. So why not this morning? Cross over. Joshua's all about crossing over, isn't it? Cross over to the other side. Cross over to allow Jesus to set you free. Cross over to that winning side. Maybe though you are... A Christian here this morning and you struggle with some sort of habitual sin we call it sometimes and you kind of you're in this cycle fall into this particular sin I say sorry to God when I go back to it say sorry and it's this sin cycle we call it.